Welcome back for another episode of Physician Voices, presented by The Break Room, a series of candid Q&As that empower doctors to share their stories, insights, and hopes for the future of healthcare. I'm your host, Morgan Hensley, and our guest today is Dr. Fernando Porter, a board-certified family medicine physician and founder of Capital City Primary and Immediate Care, located in Silver Spring, Maryland. Dr. Porter also serves as the medical director of Privia Virtual Health and Life Ambulance Services based in Atlanta, Georgia. In his spare time, Dr. Porter enjoys cycling, watching sporting events, traveling, and spending time with friends, family, and his wife, Deshaun. Our conversation offers tips for balancing entrepreneurship and partnership to achieve the dream of private practice navigating bureaucratic and administrative work as a solo practitioner, uniting diverse providers to share knowledge and improve patients' access to care, and much more. And with that, let's start the show. Dr. Porter, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to share your perspective with me and our listeners. I'd like to start this episode just by asking, what led you to independent practice? Well, first, thanks for having me, Morgan. That's a that's an interesting question. I think like most physicians that have probably come out in the past decade or so, they have no interest in going into private practice. And so I was an employee physician for about six or seven years. And my wife had been married, I guess, for about four or five years at that point, comes from a family of entrepreneurs and her grandfather was a physician himself and he had his own practice for um, many years. And so there was always this, this underlying thing of, at least from her anyway, that yeah, you should always, you should do your own practice, but I never really paid it attention. And one day, this was around, this was a few days after Christmas. I woke up and I had a dream and I looked at it and I said, I just had a dream that I'm supposed to be in private practice and have my own practice. And she said, I know you would get there at some point. And so <laughs> it literally was, it, that was literally the start of the journey of go- going into private practice. And so from there, many of my friends own their own business. They are in the, into their own fields, but none of them are in healthcare, but they were really helpful in helping me understand that it's not as scary as it seems. And so that was kind of the start of my interest in going into private practice. It wasn't anything like I had this big dream of going and building this conglomerate it it was just kind of this thing that happened one night (laughs) and told my wife about it spoke about it out loud and then just the support kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me in that direction and you know here we are yeah that that's so funny hearing you say that because i so often hear from doctors that owning a private practice was this childhood lifelong dream but in your case it was quite literally, a dream. And there's always some difficulty translating a dream into reality. And the bigger the dream, the more challenging that process is. To manifest this dream, you chose to enter into a partnership to help you kickstart your own practice. What challenges or factors influenced your decision to partner with Privia Health to establish uh, and and grow your practice? And where have you seen the 
biggest impact and change? Sure. So once that got started, my story to where I am now is is very interesting. A lot of happenstance, a lot of, wow, didn't see that coming. That was unfortunate. And then, you know, suddenly the the the, the fruit that we had uh, hoped to bear had come true. And so when I was doing kind of the initial, I guess, recon work, if you would, of what it would take to open an urgent care, that was what I wanted to do was open up an urgent care. Um, there were a lot of barriers to open up a practice in Washington, D.C., which was where I wanted to do it. There are legislative approvals that you have to have. Um, there are a lot of hoops that you have to jump through getting a certificate of need and, and that type of thing. And, and then also urgent cares are more expensive. There are more expensive practice to open than most practices, say, if you're going into primary care. And so I began to work with a consultant who her whole thing was to stand up urgent cares. She had been doing it for about 20 years at that point. And she gave me a lot of information about what it would take to open up an urgent care. And so I, at this time, I'm still learning, you know, taking business courses, learning about how to read a PL sheet, how to enter, <laughs> enter in things, and, you know, learning economics, learning analytics and, and, and that type of thing. And uh, or at least the business side of analytics, understanding how to hire people and, and basic HR practices and the basic nuts and bolts of running a business. That that was what I was spending my time with at this point. And so we got to a point to where I think she knew what my timeline was and said, hey, I want to introduce you to someone. You have the physician knowledge and the operations knowledge and they have the business knowledge. I think you guys would do well, considering you guys both have similar interest in running an urgent care, particularly in DC. And we met, um, we spent some, you know, two, three months trying to get to know each other. And it was really a fast paced move, but eventually we decided to go into business together and they had already owned a, an urgent care. So uh, it needed some process improvement. And so when I came in, that practice was already a part of a previous practice. So I really didn't know much about what Privia was at that point, but that was my introduction where like, I guess, lighter fluid really got put onto what my knowledge of Privia was, was when the pandemic happened and, and in the very beginning and everybody had to switch over to, to virtual. And my background in virtual medicine, um, I used to work for a small startup at the time. It's really big now, but it was a small startup then called Doctor On Demand. Uh, that was kind of like not in my mind at the time. I'm trying to figure out how to make this urgent care grow its numbers. At the time, it was seeing about 20 to 25 patients a day. And we needed it to be seen more than that to, to be where we wanted it to be. So fast forward, we go through the pandemic, we make the adjustments, we create policy for the practice, we hire people, but it's becoming a struggle because during the pandemic in the beginning period, there was this huge drop off in people just doing basic things, right? Everybody was inside, not even going to the grocery store. They're going to the grocery store on an as-needed basis. They're trying to have their groceries delivered. So nobody's coming out. And so volume plummets and things get tight. But meanwhile, we're still plugging. We're still plugging. We ended up being one of the first centers to get rapid COVID testing. And then the lid blew off. We go from seeing 15 people a day, maybe 20 people a day, to now we're seeing 30 people a day, 40 people a day, 60 people, 80 people, 100 people. By the time I departed, they were seeing roughly somewhere between 150 and 175 people a day between COVID testing 
and just regular urgent care stuff because people having to go back to work. The work that I did there, I consider it to be actually pretty meaningful work. And I think it proved to myself that I had what it took to build a practice and successfully scale that practice to a, to a profitable entity. On the business side, things didn't go the way we, I, obviously I would have liked it to go. I ended up departing and then started my own practice uh, a little bit closer to home. And so that continued my relationship um, with Privia from a private practice standpoint. That is truly remarkable growth. The, the pandemic was such a trial by fire, and it's always inspiring to hear how doctors rose to the challenge to be there for patients. It's also fascinating to see, in hindsight, how your background, aspirations, and relationships all led to and, and culminated in you starting your own practice. I'd, I'd like to dive deeper on the role of relationships, which at first seem almost mutually exclusive with being an entrepreneurial solo doc. When I hear doctors discuss their, their pre-Privia practices, they often describe this paradox in which you have full autonomy, both as a clinician and small business owner, but that influence doesn't extend very far beyond your practice. And, and this can leave many independent doctors feeling isolated, alone, and limited in terms of opportunities to learn from and collaborate with fellow physicians to change care delivery in the community. How have physician collaboration, mentorship, and leadership played a pivotal role in your career? And was there a specific time when the knowledge you gained from this peer-to-peer -peer connection helped you grow or improve how you care for patients in the community? Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I think the thing that has really helped me personally has been being in the director space for the virtual health. So I mentioned a little bit earlier that I, I came on board to help preview with the virtual clinic, the virtual health platform. And so that happened in May of 2020. And so it gave me exposure to the other physician leaders and other business leaders within Privia. Just having regular conversation with them has helped me grow, not only as a, as a provider, but also as someone who has a, a desire to understand the business of medicine. So that was one thing. Another thing was I had a friend of mine recommend this book called The Innovator's Dilemma. And the book literally changed my life. That was the framework and how it helped me recognize that, hey, you actually may not be thinking on it as a grand scale as you need to, um, as far as the amount of change that you can have in healthcare and where healthcare is right now, you can be a significant player in how we move the needle forward in delivering care to patients, how we train our physicians, how physicians are compensated, et cetera. So that was one piece. And then I think there was the, the sense of community and the collaboration piece with the physicians themselves um, you're absolutely right. Long gone are the days where physicians would graduate from residency. They go in, they hang up their shingles. They they join their medical societies. There are meetings on a regular basis with the medical societies that 
provide you access to the cardiologist, who's your friend, and the OBGYN who delivered your kids. And the, it used to be a thing of the physicians were a community. And not only that, they were friends. They, that's, that's who they hung out with. That's my, my wife's grandfather's generation. And so that's since changed because medicine is now a corporation, so to speak, right? And so you, you have that in residency, but as soon as you go, you leave residency and you go out into the community, you don't really know who's the cardiologist or who's the rheumatologist or who's the dermatologist. You don't really know that anymore. And so being able to participate in the pod meetings and to, to get to know your fellow practitioners, being able to go to impact and, and really see who are the persons that are leading the different regions of within Privia. Uh, I think all of those things are super helpful and they provide us with an advantage that most private practice physicians don't, don't inherently have unless they are interested, invested in doing it and trying to go get it. Those societies still exist, but just people just don't participate in them as much as they once did. So I think those three things have been really instrumental in my maturation to where I am now. Yeah, that that sense of connection and community between physicians can create this iron sharpens iron environment that really fosters growth. Gathering and unifying doctors is so fundamental to Privia's model, be it through the physician-organized delivery pods or National Physician Advisory Council, uh, NPAC, uh, as you mentioned, because by empowering physicians to lead and collaborate, we can dream bigger and accomplish more together. One critical area where physicians' input can make a huge difference is patient access. Study after study tells us that improving accessibility is linked to better health outcomes, but there is a lot of room for improvement. I'm wondering, how have you, as a physician leader, and by collaborating with similarly driven and and passionate physician leaders, worked together to start improving patients' access to care? You start small. (laughs) That is such a massive undertaking, right? You could take it from the social determinants of health piece and all of the things that come with that. You could look at it from the distance that people have to travel to get to a physician's office and how can you minimize that. You can look at it even from just basic scheduling, you know, the different ways that people schedule uh, their visits. And you'd be surprised that even in 2023, when you can pick up your phone, order your groceries, you can order you know, adult beverages. You can buy a plane ticket. Um, you can buy a train ticket. You can rent a car. You can get a taxi. You can pretty much do almost everything that you need to do with your phone without calling someone even. Like just do, 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 and then it boom, and then it appears magically, right? However, it is a task for you to actually make an appointment online with your doctor a lot of times. So, Interestingly enough, my impact, I was in a physician leadership program with Privia last year in 2022, and it was great. Got to meet a lot of the, the emerging leaders within Privia itself. And um, we, had, we all had a project at the end of the, of the program, and so mine happened to be access. And so the, the, the little bite that we chose to pick on was online access and allowing patients to be able to schedule online. And it, it's a challenge even within our own system that 
you know, I think leadership across the board is some, is saying that, yes, this is something that we need to address. And so in healthcare, a lot of times it's really bullish with technology. And then sometimes it's really skittish. This is one of the ones that we seem to be a little bit skittish on. So we're going to try to push the envelope a little bit here to broaden our access, allow patients to be able to schedule a lot easier and come up with different ways for them to be able to gain that access, be it notifications that they were on a list and they wanted to be seen sooner. So giving out notifications that, hey, there's an appointment available at date, time and X. Do you want it? Yes or no. And then it, you know, it kind of matches up with their practice and their provider and, and puts them on the schedule. So and, and just even basic online scheduling, somebody going to their computer and saying or going on their phone and saying, I just need a physical exam. This is the available time and date that they have available. OK, fine. We can do that. So just even just doing that. Uh, I think will increase patient access uh, even in our own system. And I know we're not the only ones that have that challenge. And I'm fairly certain most, most private practice physicians probably have not thought about this because they do have so much on their plate and they don't necessarily have the, the, the bandwidth or the resources even to, to address this type of thing. So I think that's kind of the muscle of Privia is that Privia will be the bandwidth and be the muscle that helps us be able to implement a lot of these tools that are really important for patient acquisition, for patient satisfaction, for patient access as we continue to go into the future. Mm, You you make such an insightful point there. Organizations cannot only champion physician leadership, but also need to actively work to make space or offload administrative work to afford doctors the bandwidth to lead. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a thought-provoking op-ed in modern healthcare that I reread from time to time. In the piece, Dr. Peter Angood writes, quote, the healthcare industry continues to face an era of seismic change and disruption, one in which the demand for effective physician leadership is rising more dramatically than ever. So, uh, as healthcare evolves to shift from fee-for-service to value-based care, to incorporate population health and social determinants of health, how important is it for the industry to empower physician leaders to lend their clinical voice and lead healthcare's transformation? Uh, I think it's hugely important, mainly because if you don't engage the physicians, those are the folks that have to do the work. And the needle doesn't move unless the people who have to do it, do it, (laughs) right? And if those persons have the autonomy to be able to do kind of, I don't want to say whatever they want, but dictate how they practice medicine, if they're not buying into it, then that it's just information in, information out, and it's just going to kind of fall on deaf ears. And so because we're in such a such a growth space and and I talk to my friends about it and I say, man, we're we're kind of in the wild, wild west of where our industry is right now. And, you know, everybody has a lot of great ideas and uh, everybody has a lot of opinions about the direction that we should go in or how we should approach a certain topic. And I think the folks that are going to be most successful are the folks that collaborate with physicians, make sure that physicians have a seat at the table, uh, just because those are the people that are doing the work. And so when you look at these innovative ideas, and they may be some great ideas, what I think you find is that the ideas are much further down the line than what reality will allow us to do. And I think physicians lend 
the lens of what's actually happening in real world and allowing you to meet the patients and the system where it actually is versus where it should be. Get it. We got all these great ideas about how we should approach it. Well, the realities are this thing may cost a certain amount. So I, I don't know if I can feasibly do that right now. Or I don't know how I make this jump, this, this quantum leap from fee-for-service to value-based care. How do I do that? How do I do it without jeopardizing my, my staff and my, and my generalized revenue that I get from one uh, month to another or one year to another? So there's so many things that have to be answered. And I think you get a more equitable answer and you get a more realistic answer when you bring folks to the table and actually put physicians in a place of leadership. And Privy has done a very good job of that. You have the folks that are in place now who have done a tremendous job at getting Privy to where it is from a physician leadership standpoint, from a business development standpoint, from an empowerment standpoint, from a technology standpoint. And so now we're starting to you know, identify who are going to be those next persons to step in line and to push forward and drive forward that innovation, that disruption and continue that disruption that's going on now. Absolutely. With all of the innovation and and constructive disruption underway uh, and more yet to come, it's essential that the industry actively involve, engage and listen to physician leaders and as those transformations unfold, I'd love to welcome you back to share your perspective. But for now, Dr. Porter, I just want to thank you for the candid, informative, inspiring conversation we shared today. Not a problem, man. Thank you for having me. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in to The Break Room today. You can find content by our guests, including Dr. Porter's op-ed for the American Medical Association titled, What It Takes to Create a First-Class Telehealth Experience, as well as many other physicians and healthcare industry thought leaders on Informed, the blog by Privia Health. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and blog to stay up to date on all things healthcare. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will see you next time for another episode of The Break Room. So stay tuned.